Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at montrosechurch.org. Have a great day. for asking. Um, I think it's, you know, God has a really funny sense of humor. Um, so today we're going to talk about energy, you know, having energy. And I don't have any, so that'll be fun. So uh, I tested negative, so take a deep breath. Of course, yeah, thank you. I, it was a self-test, so I don't know that I would trust me, but I did go... I did go through the process, and uh, so just down with the flu this week, and then, uh, you know, thought I was pretty well and good, and then uh, this morning got up, and I thought, no, 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 this would be a good day to sleep in, and, uh, and so I got up and went over to Pasadena, and uh, no one was there. It was like a ghost town, and you, you ever have that dream, you know, where you got up and you went to school, and it was Saturday, and I thought... There's no church today, and I messed it up. Uh, but eventually, they brought all of their energy in, dragging. Like, are you all tired too? Are you all okay? All, right, all good. So we're thinking a little bit about this, about the fact that there's some assembly required in order to put together the kind of Christmas that God intends for us to experience, and batteries are not included. You got to bring your own energy. And the energy is going to come from you, your attitude, your spirit. It's going to come from your family. It's going to come from the people. And just so you know, some people bring energy. <laughs> and some people may short-circuit energy. And, and we all do that, don't we, at some point in time? We all do that. There's a passage in Luke 24, 18 that says, who of you, if you were going to build a tower, would not sit down and first count the cost so that you don't get halfway through the project and figure out, you know, that you don't have enough energy for it. By the way, I, just a couple of things. First of all, um, I don't ever want to take for granted because we sort of just are, we're just sort of drifting into this new building. But what a remarkable change over the last week. So I just want to say thanks to everybody that's... And there's lots of stuff that's still going to happen in the coming weeks, and there's a lot of details and technical stuff that all still has to get done. But uh, you might have noticed a Christmas tree outside when you came in. It has ornaments on it, and those ornaments uh, represent furnishings for the new building. So if you want to help, you want to buy a Christmas present for the new building, you can pull one of those uh, Christmas cards off of that ornament, and then there's a card next to it with a QR code. That'll give you the details of how we get your money. That's what that's for. And then, you know, you can say, look what I bought, and then you can take that ornament and put it on your tree. And uh, there'll be more ornaments coming on this week. Uh, and so just uh, that's happening out there. And uh, thank you for everyone who's worked so hard. And uh, I uh, noticed Herb and Yvonne Smith down here in front. Welcome. We're glad you are here. So uh, when my brain is up here, then I'm like, oh, well, I need to talk about, but that would lead to, so we're coming back now to you. Herb uh, was here when I came as pastor, 
Um, I think there's a couple of you, Corrine Baker and Herb and Yvonne. And, uh, Herb and Yvonne live next door here in 3909. In fact, uh, when this church was about to close, his uncle came to be the pastor. said, I'll take it and see if we can keep it open. And he bribed his nephew, Herb and Yvonne, to move down here from Sacramento to become the youth pastors in a church that had no youth. <laughs> you can live in the house next door. Bring us some youth. And they did. And when I arrived uh, six years later, uh, we had about a church of about 60 folks. And uh, I think Herb started giving to the building fund that Sunday. Pretty sure right around in there. And I think I've seen a check every month for 35 years for the building program. So Herb and Yvonne, uh, it finally happened. So uh, I don't know if you know this, but it uh, takes hard work to have fun. Um, fun does not happen automatically. It is not easy to have fun. And I, this is a, I didn't know this when I uh, became a parent. I have learned this in raising children and now grandchildren. And as you get older, it takes more work to have fun. <laughs> and uh, we went to Disneyland this week because... Because we didn't necessarily sit down and count all the cost of, of what it was going to take. Um, our kids came out from Nashville. They came out to spend an extended amount of time with us, and we're so excited because grandchildren should not live far away from their grandparents. It just should never happen. And so they came out just before Thanksgiving, and we, we really started calculating in summer all the things we were going to do while they were here, all of these weeks. And so we've been clicking these things off the list. And so last Monday, I'm sure this has nothing to do with the fact that I got sick, but last Monday was Disneyland Day. And it turns out, if you're going to have fun at Disneyland, you're going to need to do a little work to make that happen. Now, I don't mean like you just have to have good shoes and you have to walk a lot. I mean, you better get some planning done. Because in the old days, you just showed up at Disneyland and you wandered around. Anybody remember those days? And you just said, I think we'll go on this ride. And then you went on the ride. And then that's not how it works anymore. Now, you have to have an app and you have to have tickets to get in, but then you probably need a genie pass for every person because if you don't have a genie pass, you can't get a fast pass. And if you don't get a fast pass, you'll be in the standby line. And the standby lines take a long, long time because everybody has genie passes. And they're just waving at you going, silly person, you can't do that. <laughs> and that means that somebody has that app on their phone that's technically, you know, astute. <laughs> and then they're scheduling your passes because your phone is telling you, okay, time for another one. Where are we going? <laughs> it's work. You know the most disappointing thing that happened at Disneyland on Monday? I make, I force my, I have always forced my children to go to the tiki room. They don't like it. It's, it's super weird. You know. You guys want to sing the song? No, we shouldn't do that. Because once it's in your head, it ain't getting out. So... And there's an ulterior motive with going to the tiki room. And that is the Dole Whip stand is right there. And so you, don't have, you can sit down, you can get yourself a little Dole Whip or a 
pineapple float. You can no longer walk up and get a pineapple float or a Dole Whip. You have to order it on the app. I tried to hold it together. <laughs> and there's this relationship between the amount of energy and time you're willing to invest and how much fun you're having. And you see people at Disneyland now, and they're wizards. I mean, they've got like three screens, and they've got earpieces in. You know, they've got like a little you know, walking desk, and they're calculating stuff. And then you see the other people that are totally lost. I mean, they're just wandering around, wondering what hit them. And you have to invest something in order to get something back. How many beach people are in the room? Yeah. I hear that going to the beach is fun. That's not been my experience. And I, and I would guess that if you're a beach person and you have fun at the beach, it's because you've done some work. I have, in 35 years of going to the beach since I moved here, I have gotten a parking ticket every time I've gone to the beach. <laughs> Has anybody else had that problem? Because I don't do the work. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I'm supposed to park. I didn't make a plan. I didn't pack food. I just showed up to have fun at the beach, and guess what? It's not fun. But people who go to the beach have a routine. And why do they have a routine? Because they did the work to figure out how to have fun at the beach, because there's a relationship. Now, some people come to me and go, you can have fun at the beach, we should go to our beach house. That's a different kind of work. <laughs> it's a different thing. <laughs> but there's this relationship. And I think when we come into this season of Christmas, we kind of think it's just going to come together. But it actually has to have some proactive effort on our part. We have to kind of calculate what we want. And as we've thought about all the things we're doing with our kids and all the things we want to accomplish, I'm not sure we sat down and, and figured out, do we have enough energy to get all the way? I think we're going to fall like on Wednesday and be like, we're out of gas. We're, we're just going to sleep Christmas. We're just, you know, we, we, we did well up to this point, but we don't have quite enough energy to finish. You know? And so for all of us, it takes some energy what are you bringing to the season? What are you bringing to the celebration? God says, I bring you glad tidings of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you this day in the city of David is born a Savior, who is Christ the King. So his part is that he's provided something that is a source of great joy, a Savior, and you and I, we have to have some energy in order to access, in order to make that work, in order to get our heart and mind in the right place, in order to be prepared, to have the right spirit, to have the right energy. And I just, at this point, we're just a week out. And by the way, when Gabby said uh, at 9 and 10 regular services here, that's not right. So don't memorize that. <laughs> Here's a real simple way to think about it. It's regular services next Sunday, plus there's a 6 o'clock on Saturday night, there's a 6 o'clock on Sunday night, and there's an 11 p.m. on Sunday night, all right? So regular service times next week, but additional 6, 6, and 11 o'clock. So now you can memorize that and figure that out. But as we move into this week, what's your plan? What are you hoping for? What are you planning for? How are you calculating your energy? You're going to have to bring energy to this. You're going to have to bring yourself to it. And sometimes we can get cynical about the season, and sometimes we can kind of have a bad attitude about the season, and, 
And I don't know, sometimes I think if we give up of it's kind of some of our grumpiness, we feel like we're letting go of our power. Am, am I talking to anybody here? Like, I don't know about you, but I want everything to get fixed. I want everybody to get straightened out. I want everybody to be nice. I want them to act nice. I want them to straighten. And I don't really want to give up my grumpiness till they get it all figured out. <laughs> a few years ago, we were uh, on a trip uh, in, uh, in France. We were on a cruise, and we were at the port at Le Havre, France. And... Um, you know, that day we were going to go on a tour, and the tour we were going to do is the beaches of Normandy. That's La Havre area. And uh, so there were about three big tours that day. One tour was going to go to Paris for the day. They were going to ride a bus for three hours and go to Paris, go to the Louvre, you know, chance of a lifetime. Go to Paris for a day, for four, five, six hours. Uh, some people were going to go to the countryside, and, you know, they were going to cook with a famous chef. You know, these are these big deals. These are life opportunities. And as we're sitting in the big room waiting for our tour to get called, there's an older couple sitting, you know, in the row down from us, and they begin to get into an argument. And the argument begins to get more and more heated. And after a while, there's a little bit of yelling going on. And we're all kind of, you know, it's gotten quiet now in the room except for, you know, the feature attraction. <laughs> and so as it's kind of continuing to escalate, they begin to call the tour, and it turns out that this couple, they're going to go on a, a, a tour to Paris. They're going to get on a bus. Here they are, older couple, chance of a lifetime, going to go to Paris a few hours, you know. And she gets up to go get in line, because the tour's been called, and he refuses to move. He just sits. And so as she goes to get in line, he comments, I can't believe you're going to leave me here. She doesn't say anything, because you know how that works. She doesn't need to. You know. So she just keeps moving, inching to the door, and he keeps sitting, commenting, getting more and more aggravated, and we're all waiting to see who breaks. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and as she gets right to the door to exit, he stands up and he says, All right, I'll go, but I won't have fun. <laughs> Sometimes I think that's... How some of us are at Christmas. All right, I'll go. But until we get this, 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 and this straightened out, I'm not going to have fun. I'm going to be grumpy, and I'm hanging on to my grumpiness because it's my one seat of power. <laughs> what are you bringing to the season? What have you calculated? I think we shift gears in the season. I, I, I think when we read Luke 2, Somehow we just kind of move into a poetic, sentimental, warm, fuzzy feeling. But have you listened to the story of Luke 2? It is not conducive to glad tidings of great joy. There's a lot going on. So for a minute, put on your emotional self and just listen to how Luke tells the story and put yourself in their place. I'll highlight a few things after I read it, but Luke 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a, degree, a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, 
The time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him in cloths, and she placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David has been born to you, a Savior has been born to you, and he's the Messiah, the Lord. So be assigned to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger, and suddenly... There was a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace on those, on, to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. So let me just highlight it for you. Here's several things that's going on. Number one, in spite of the fact that there are new taxes being levied, that's the setting for the whole story. Did we pick up on that? I mean, the whole thing is, here's a notification, and you're going to get taxed, and so here's the deal. You've got to go home, and you've got to register. Now, the King James Version says, you know, there was a tax being levied, but the newer translations say there was a census being taken. You guys know the difference, right? <laughs> the census is so you can be taxed. <laughs> so King James is like, census, census, it's, you're getting taxed, that's what you're doing. Put your name on the list because they're going to assess some taxes for you. So this is a whole great occasion. It's a young couple, pregnant, out of wedlock, having to travel across the country because right at the beginning of their relationship and marriage, there's a new tax, and they've got to go register. So in spite of the fact that there's a, a, a new tax going on, and then the second thing is, there's a difficult road trip going on. I, I've always thought this is an amazing kind of story because we don't get a lot of the humanness of the story, but, you know, to just set off on a road trip completely unprepared the way Joseph has, I, I don't know how many of us would survive such a situation, you know. You with me? Yeah. I mean, again, you, you got to do work. And, and they just set off on the road, just a difficult road trip in the middle of all of it. They're going to be tagged. It's not even fun. They're not going for a fun thing. They're not going to Disneyland. They're, they're packing up and traveling to be taxed. This does not seem like a happy... Does anybody else have, like, mood issues when you travel and you, you want people to be happy about why you're traveling? Are you understanding what I'm saying? All right. They're in the middle of planning a wedding. <laughs> How many of you have done that? So, so in the middle of the fact that they're betrothed and they have to have a, you know, and there's a week-long feast and there's all these things that have to happen as a part of the betrothal process and now right in the middle of it, they have to go be taxed and they have to travel across the country. And by the way, maybe you notice this, Mary is nine months pregnant. I'm, I'm trying to think how this conversation goes. All right, Mary, we're going to go. You know, where are we going to stay? Don't know. Haven't made any arrangements. Well, what's, what's the plan? Well, I have a donkey for you to ride on. 
I, I just can't feel like this is a happy occasion in spite of the fact that she's well into this process of pregnancy. There's no place to stay. That's a problem. Strangers keep showing up. I mean, there's no privacy. She's, she's kind of stuck, and people keep showing up. This week, well, next week, technically, strangers are going to show up at your house. Now, that doesn't mean people you don't know. It just means they may be strange. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's Christmas. And most of us will have strangers showing up at our house. And if we're honest, for some of us, there's some emotion with that. Because it's sometimes hard. Because Christmas brings people together, but it's not always, everything's not always okay. And we think about that as we bring energy to the season. And then nobody's getting any sleep. It's one of the things interesting about the story to me is why do the angels have to sing in the middle of the night? And why do the shepherds then in the middle of the night, they have to go and they wake up. The woman just had a baby and nobody's sleeping in the whole story. And I don't know about you, but I get very grumpy when I don't sleep. And Mary treasured all these things. And the shepherds returned praising God. And I think about the context of the story that is so much less than ideal and I think about your story, and I think about my story, and I think about the context in which we live. And I begin to think about two things that I think begin to provide energy to you and to me. And it is what we can pray this week and what we can bring to this celebration. The first one is this. I bring you glad tidings of great joy because unto you is born a Savior. God is with us. This celebration is about the fact that God is with us. And I don't know what you're carrying into the season. I don't know exactly what it looks like to you. I don't know what your personality is. I don't know if you're that person that everything has to be just so and you've already been planning and working and you're deep, deep into the details. I don't know if you're the person that you're going to do the cooking and, you know, no matter what you cook, it won't be good enough, but it could be bad. Anybody have that? You know, and it could ruin the whole Christmas season. The pie didn't turn out. Oh, Let's just not have Christmas this year. Because we, we start to hang really heavy weights onto different aspects and details and circumstances. What I would guess is that relationally, there are some places that you need to invite God to be with you as we enter into this week. Maybe there's some awkwardness in the family system. Maybe it's not all ideal. Maybe something got broken. Maybe relationships got shattered, maybe, you know, families are messy. Life's messy. And we can start to anticipate gathering together for this celebration, and, and we can get a doom dart. We can just feel something about, oh, man, that's going to be hard. That's going to be weird. I, I'm not going to relax. Maybe they'll get sick. Maybe we'll just be, we'll have less of it this year. Do you ever just say, you know what? Be in it with me, God. Just be in it with me. Would you, would you love some people and care about some people and calm my heart and help me? I need to bring energy to this season. You have offered glad tidings of great joy for all people. I don't want to miss it. This is not some sentimental, 
nostalgic moment in which we dredge up memories of old Christmases past, and you know, and that's all fine and good. And but this is glad tidings of great joy for all people. Unto you a child is born, and his name will be called Emmanuel, God with us. Will you have the energy moment by moment, prayer by prayer, to say, come with me. I need you in this. No, this is what's bugging me. This is what's making me anxious. This is what's holding me back. This is what's robbing me of energy. I, I, I can't bring much energy to this because of this situation. Will you be with me in it? And maybe you need him to show up in a very personal way in relationships. Maybe you need him to show up in a very personal way to you. Maybe as you enter into the season, part of what holds you back from celebration is you. Your failure, your sin, your hurt. You, you wish you would have done X instead of Y. You wish you would have thought about this. Why didn't you know? How could I have? Why did I? How to? God with us. Maybe you need to invite him right into that space and say, you know, can you get right in here where I hurt, where I question, where I feel shame or loss or, or fear? Can you get right in here? Because you're with us. You're with me in this Pain. This is glad tidings of great joy. And it's not theoretical. I'm not trying to get it calculated in my brain. I, I'm inviting you into the place where I hurt. And I need to be aware. I need to be aware where I hurt so I can invite you in. Maybe it's your brain. Some of us have very busy brains. I've been sick this week. And... Um, had a fever. It's the only way to account for the things that have gone on in my brain. <laughs> and, and it's just interesting, you know, because it turns out, you know, that your brain can tell you all kinds, I mean, send you all kinds of crazy messages, you know, like, like I had a cold, but I was pretty sure I was dying. <laughs> you know? Maybe you have a ruminating brain. Maybe it just never stops. And you just think about this and you think about that and you conjure up things to be afraid of and worried about. And some of us need to just stop and say, okay, God, I'm going to need you right in here. Please don't get run over <laughs> by the stray thoughts, but I need you in my brain. I need you to help me slow down. I need you to help me take a breath. I need you to help me to stop. I can't do it on my own. I can't do it on my own. Glad tidings of great joy that will be for all people. Maybe it's emotional. I want to feel something. I want to feel connected. I want to feel loved. I want to feel cared for. I, I, I want to feel joy. I want to feel a celebration. But I can't convince my heart. I can't tell my heart to feel things. Would you get in there? Would you be with me in these emotions? Would you climb in there? And, you know, I know there's some stuff in there. It probably needs to be cleaned out. Would you be in there? In my relationships, in my thoughts, in my perception of myself, would you be with me? And I'm going to pray you over everything I see. I'm going to pray you over 
the strangers that will show up at my house. I'm going to pray you over the lack of sleep. I'm going to pray you over the bills. I'm going to pray you over the things that get broken. I'm going to pray you over the pie. I'm going to pray you over the turkey. I'm going to pray you over the tamales. I'm going to pray you over, I'm going to pray you over it. Because I don't want to be on the outside looking in at this holiday. I want to be living it. Glad tidings of great joy that will be for all people. The second thing that I think God wants us to understand and provide some energy is this. Unto you is born a Savior. Now, I've spent a significant amount of my life studying exactly theologically what that means, and I can give you a lot of different opinions about what it is and theories of atonement and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, this is what I know. That sounds like something I need. I need one of those. And I need a Savior over a lot of different places because there's a lot of places in my life where I cannot fix it. I just can't. I don't know how. It doesn't, doesn't prevent me from taking it on emotionally. It doesn't prevent me from worrying about it. It doesn't prevent me from engaging with it. But if I'm honest, I have to admit, I can't fix it. And what I need is a Savior. And I need a Savior for me. But I need a Savior for people in my life. my kids I can't fix everything for them I wish I could God knows I try I, I would I will do stupid things but they don't need me to fix it they need a savior somebody to rescue them to help them to guide them to, to teach them to grow them I need that there's going to be so many places that I encounter that, that, that I can pray one of these two prayers. God, I need you in this. Get in here with me. And all oh, this, this circumstance needs a Savior. You know, that situation, this thing, I'm not going to carry it around. I can't fix it. I can't make it okay. We need a Savior. I bring you glad tidings of great joy that will be for all people because unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the King. And Mary she treasured these things in her heart. And the shepherds went away rejoicing because everything was just as they had been told. I pray that for you. I pray God with you. I pray his presence. I pray his peace. I pray his grace. I pray that your celebration as you calculate this week what it's going to take to get you through the end of next Monday in a proper mindset and in a proper frame of mind so that you got enough energy to get through and finish the whole celebration. Invite God in. God be with you. Be with you in your thoughts. Be with you in your story. Be with you in your relationships. Be with you in your, your, your emotions. Be with you in your home. Be with you in your family. And don't forget, we're celebrating a Savior. And don't be afraid. 
don't be afraid to raise your hand and say, I'm going to need a little help right here, right now. God, we're so thankful for what the season represents. Not nostalgia, not theory, not just theology, but the personal presence of a divine God who climbs in with us, who doesn't ask us to carry it all by ourselves or figure it out by ourselves or be by ourselves, but to slow down and to invite you in. We need you. Would you be fully present with those represented, those who are watching online? My prayer is that you would make yourself known again and again as we, as we prepare ourselves to bring some energy. We're going to dwell on this. You're with us. You're with us. You're with us. It's a source of energy. When we feel afraid, when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel tired, we're going to invite you in. And we all need a Savior. Rescue, help, lift encourage, do work that we cannot do on our own, in our own stories, in our own lives, but in the lives of our families and friends, in the circumstances in which we live, in situations where there needs to be healing, would you be fully present and be the Savior? I place in your hands these folks and ask your blessing over them. I pray it in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And everybody said together, we're going to stand and we're going to sing, Oh, come all you faithful. Let's raise it up together as we respond. Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.montrosechurch.org. Have a great day.